This program is sponsored by De Wit and De Villiers Brokers here in uh, Rustenburg. Welcome here on Waterberg Stereo. Today we will be discussing a sad case of a schoolboy who's battling to get money from his father's deceased estate. And then uh, I will also be talking to Johannes Mukatidi regarding, regarding retrenchments and the COVID-19 environment. So please stay tuned. Um, you are also welcome to send us your comments, your questions to info at vbd.cedo.za. You are listening to From Found of Illegal News here on Weiderbach Stereo. There's an article in the Cape August report which refers to the fact that a guardian is now being blamed for a boy's struggle to access the estate of his father. Now, previously, the guardian of the boy, um, his name is a schoolboy, Tiago Mendonca, uh, alleged that the officials of the Guardian's fund in Cape Town locked his access to uh, the funds. And uh, he said that they were still waiting uh, for them to sort out the problem. Now, um, some funds were apparently, since uh, the news story appeared last uh, year, February, released uh, to the boy for his schooling. He's now 15 years of age, according to the uh, article. And um, yeah, the allegation is that they have been battling and they blame the Guardian's Fund for the failure to release the money. He has a bad case of asthma. Um, and um, they, and I quote, according to The Guardian, uh, funds intended for his health are now desperately needed, especially in the current COVID-19 environment. But then a spokesperson for the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development, uh, a certain Stephen, Mr. Stephen Mashlangu, had a different uh, view. He alleges that The Guardian, um, Clive Barris, Mr. Clive Barris, is a stumbling block in the matter. He says that after looking closely into the facts of this matter, it has been found that the main issue has been that Mendonca's legal guardian, uh, Clive Barrows, has been uncooperative with uh, the office that is dealing with this issue and has continuously refused to adhere to the process and requirements for application which would enable payments to be processed. The formal letter has been sent. Um, Mr. Mashlango uh, also says to Burroughs as recently as 9 October 2020, which addressed his complaints, uh, etc. So, yeah, I guess a sad case of the Guardian and the department shifting the blame. So, obviously, it's difficult to decide based on the facts and article whose fault it really is. But the point that I actually uh, want to make, which I think is very well illustrated by this article, and this problem that this um, uh, poor schoolboy has is that you should, in your will, make sure that the funds that are to be paid to um, minor children are not paid to the Guardian's Fund. And there's actually a fairly simple way of achieving this. You should, in your will, always cater for a trust to be formed for any minor beneficiaries of your state. Minor beneficiaries could be children or, for example, grandchildren that you want to benefit from your state. 
Now, these days, the um, age at which one becomes an adult in South Africa is 18 years of age, as I guess most of our listeners would know. It used to be 21 years, but that has been changed a couple of years ago to 18 years of age. <clears throat> so your will should at least stipulate that the uh, funds will go in, uh, to the trust if any of the beneficiaries are still uh, under the age of 18. However, you can also let the trust run for a longer period of time, for example, until the children are 25 years of age. That's actually, in my experience, what most uh, people decide to do. Not to punish the children, but rather to make sure that the funds are used responsibly by the trustees for those uh, children who have not yet reached the age of 25 years and who are therefore probably not yet able to responsibly indeed uh, use the funds. So it's not a way of penalizing any of the uh, beneficiaries. It's a way of ensuring, firstly, that the funds are not paid to the guardian's fund to make sure that you don't have these problems like Diago uh, Mendonca has been having, as, as explained in that article in the Cape Argus. Argus. And then secondly, also to protect that child from himself, to make sure that the child doesn't spend the money, for example, on girlfriends and uh, overseas trips and expensive motor vehicles, um, as opposed to, for example, studying at the university. So it's a way to ensure that the funds are hopefully used by the trustees in a responsible manner. So if you um, don't have a will, make sure that you have one drafted by an expert, which caters for trust for the children. If you do have a will, make sure that you check uh, that will and that the will does indeed cater for the formation of a trust for minor children. Today on Bern Duffy Legal News here on Waterberg Stereo, we're going to discuss retrenchments, uh, specifically now in the current COVID-19 environment. As uh, all of our listeners would be aware of, many people lost their jobs, sadly, because of uh, retrenchments, difficult economic times all over the world, and specifically also here in uh, South Africa. So I thought it would be a good idea to maybe talk to our labor law expert, Johannes Mokotedi, about uh, a couple of relevant legal principles uh, for employers and employees to keep in mind in terms of retrenchments, uh, Johannes. Uh, thank you, Volker. Uh, when the government introduced uh, this uh, uh, lockdown regulations as per the Disaster Management Act, I don't think in, in their minds they had the, the, the knowledge or the, the, the purpose that uh, it would have the impact it has on the employers. On the 1st of June 2020, IOL and uh, 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 newspaper report indicated that more than 28,000 cases were referred to the CCMA, and this was primarily by the employees who were retrenched or dismissed. Now, this indicates the seriousness of this, especially on the employers. However, uh, um, uh, and the unintended consequences of the COVID-19 regulation is that it puts strain, financial strains on the employers and the business owners. Now, such strains 
may lead the employers to consider the possibility of restructuring. This will be primarily for them to keep their business afloat and for it to keep it in existence. Now, in this regard, Section 189 of the Labor Relations Act continues to govern the situation. It needs to be followed as it indicates and prescribes the procedure to be followed in such situations. Now, the question is, what is retrenchment? Now, in a simple man's terms, retrenchment is a form of a dismissal due to no fault on the part of the employee. Some employees, some employers are of the view that that uh, for you to retrench the employees, you need to only to issue them notices indicating that you dismiss them on operational reasons. That is not enough. The Act prescribes that uh, as an employer, you can consider to dismiss employees on operational reasons or retrenchments based on the following grounds, on economic grounds, technological grounds, structural, structural needs of the company, and end. Therefore, this requires that a person must have that need or that need to have arisen out of the business for, her, for him or her to make such a decision. Now, the fact that we have COVID doesn't mean that the employers are entitled to uh, willy-nilly and by employing shortcuts and not complying with the provisions of the law and to simply retrench. Instead, um, and non-compliance can lead to negative outcomes in a sense that um, the, uh, 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 the, the, such a process can be referred to, um, uh, to the CCMA, to a, a tribunal, and which can make a finding that the process was unfair, and this would be also be accompanied by a compensation order. Now, Section 189 and 189A regulates and spells out the procedures to be followed. The difference between the two processes of Section 189 and 189A is that 189 is only applicable to employers who have less than 50, 50 employees active at a time when they make such a decision, and 189A applies to employers who have more than 50. It should be noted that retrenchment should only be applied as a last resort. The government uh, urges employers to make use of measures and benefits which are input of play, which are input, uh, which are in, put in place to relieve the economic situations of the employers through, for instance, the unemployment insurance fund and or the temporary employees relief scheme. Such uh, is, a is a subsidy of some sort from the government in order to minimize the strain on the employers. Therefore, employers are engaged, are encouraged to make sure that they explore this before ultimately considering the question of um, uh, uh, retrenchment. Now, the Labor Relations Act prescribed the following procedure in order for the employer to, to, to uh, apply and to make sure that the reasons for retrenchments are valid. Number one, the Act says that uh, the employers must consult with the employees who are likely to be affected. Number two, the employees, the employers must issue a written inviting employees to consent and to disclose the necessary information. Number three, the employers are bound to, to consider the alternatives by the employees as well as the ground on which such alternatives cannot be considered. They must agree on a selection criteria. Now, with the question of the selection criteria, 
the act doesn't prescribe uh, which criteria to follow. The criteria is, for instance, refers to the instances such as the last in, first out, first in, first out, or when the, the, the skills or the very skilled employees are going to be retained and or the employees are going to be encouraged to vote, to, to be voluntarily, to, to, to obtain a voluntary severance package and end. Now, sorry, Your Honor, first in, first out, first in, first out, that would refer to the employees employed uh, um, first, no? that would then be retrenched, or last in, last out would remain the employees uh, employed uh, last in terms of time would then be retrenched. No? So, so that, that those are, for example, options that, that, that uh, would be justifiable. Yeah, 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 you're correct. Yeah, and you explained them well. Uh, and it should be noted that uh, these are the, you know, they are the current practices which everybody applies, but there's no uh, prescribed criteria as per the act which employers must uh, follow. The employers and the employee can sit down and agree which criteria is best suitable to their situation. And uh, including that, they can also say that um, uh, employees who are 55 years of age can take a voluntary uh, severance package. Employees who are injured, employees who don't, uh, who are sickly, employees who are. Therefore, these are the various options which the parties can explore. Okay. Now, after exploring and exhausting uh, all these processes, the employer must now make a decision in respect of which employees are, are to be retrenched. And in such, the employers must give them an, a, a retrenchment notice. Now, uh, such a notice must be accompanied by a severance package. Now, we know that um, in terms of the law, the minimum uh, amount payable in terms of a severance package is that it's a one week's pay for a year completed. Um, uh, for instance, if an employee is earning an amount of uh, 8,000 rand a month, it would mean that per year that employee will be entitled to receive a severance package of 2,000 rand. Now, this is a minimum as prescribed by the Basic Conditions of Employment Act and the Labor Relations Act. The parties can agree on more, but not on less. And if they have agreed on more, that more must be applied. I know for the, from, for the fact that in practice, there are certain employers who uh, continues to take out insurance policies for their employees in case of a retrenchment, in terms of the retrenchment is to kick in. That in such instances, uh, under normal circumstances, the packages from the insurance are more than the minimum, and that will kick in. Now, uh, it should be remembered that when you invoke Section 189, uh, 189A, uh, there are certain time frames to be to be to be applied, the, the, such as a minimum period of 30 days, the minimum period of 60 days. Therefore, it's important that the person should look at what is applicable in his situ in his situation and accordingly follow what the, what the, what the law says. Now, uh, in case of after following the whole process and exhausting everything the employee feels that he or she is still aggrieved in one way or another. That specific employee can approach the CCMA.
And the CCMA will facilitate a conciliation process wherein both parties will be called and see if the dispute can be resolved. Failing which, the CCMA will issue a certificate that the dispute remains unresolved and uh, indicate that the matter be referred to Labor Court, where the Labor Court will sit, uh, hear the matter, and ultimately makes a decision. My advice to the employers are that, please, make sure that you follow the law to the letter. Make sure that um, uh, what if you make sure that the, what the law says is is followed, and importantly so, that parties are content and parties are, are, are confident in what you discuss with them. Because of if you don't do such, you are now bound to be exposed to be taken to CCMA or to the Labor Court. Now, it is required that when you enter a process of retrenchment, you should do it very genuine. You should be very open. In some instances, the employers, the employees can request you, request from you certain information, such as their financial statement. This would be just to satisfy themselves and to verify that whatever that you said is true and or not, then give it to them. Otherwise, add on conditions that the financial statement can only be viewed and seen at the hearing and they cannot be taken out upon or the parties will not be entitled to, cop to, to, to copies. Then in doing such, the, the employees involved will accept and readily accept a situation in that what you say to them is genuine and they will not take the matter further. Therefore, very important, make sure that you comply with the law. Very important, if you're not sure, consult a lawyer. If you're not sure, go to the nearby CCMA offices for an advice. So am I right in saying that you can't use a retrenchment as a reason to get rid of an employee whose face you don't like or to get rid of uh, an employee for disciplinary reasons where there was misconduct by that employee or theft or whatever, then, then you need to use a different procedure in terms of the dismissal process. Retrenchments um, are purely there for a case where you, for example, for operational reasons, decide that you want to save costs, you want to minimize your expenses in terms of salaries, um, it's difficult times because of COVID-19, etc., and you consequently um, need to um, get rid of some uh, employees and consequently need to downscale. So, so if that is your reason, as long as you follow the correct procedure, as you now explained, in terms of a retrenchment, then the court, I guess, won't easily interfere with your decision to change your business model, eh, to change your business plan. So if you are convinced that you need to uh, save costs uh, for operational reasons, uh, reduce your salary uh, component, uh, etc., et then, then, then you're okay. Am I right? Yes, you are okay. Uh, basically, um, okay, you are not allowed to use retrenchment purpose for any other purpose except for retrenchment. And in the retrenchment purpose, importantly so, you must be genuine. Uh, you must be open. You must be able to substantiate your reason. You cannot, for a misconduct, dismiss an employee for, 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 for operational reasons. If it's for operational reasons, then follow the process. If the employee has done any form of misconduct, discipline the employee and ultimately make a decision, sanction of 
either dismissing or give a warning or something of that sort to the specific employee. You cannot use the retrenchment purpose, the retrenchment procedure for that purpose. The CCMA will find that process that you have followed to be unfair, and an employee will be reinstated, and in addition to that, you'll be liable to pay a compensation. I would think from a business point of view, it would also make sense to communicate with the employees regarding your retrenchment plans. Apart from complying with the law, as you've now explained, uh, if you now um, communicate your plans to the employees, they might come up with ideas and uh, with proposals why, you know, how the retrenchments could also be avoided. No? So from a business point of view, I guess it also makes uh, sense to, to involve your employees, if you, as you have ex explained, um, so that the retrenchments could potentially be, be avoided. And I guess that's also the idea uh, behind the, you know, the government's policies in this regard. Yes, you're right. It says, after when you consult with the employees, you tell them about the possibility of retrenchments, and you must invite them to come up with alternatives in order to avoid uh, retrenchment. And you must explore their alternatives and indicate to them with substantive reasons as to why they cannot be applied. If they can be applied, then they must be applied. That means that the employees will also play part in your decision taking, they will play part in your plan making, they will take part ultimately in you arriving at the final decision. And in this way, they will have confidence over you, they will be positive. In some instances, maybe they might come up with alternatives which will be viable, which would be viable and which should avoid retrenchment. But the law prescribes that you must interrogate, you must invite them to make alternatives, interrogate those alternatives and ultimately come up with a decision. If you have any questions uh, on labor law matters or any other legal questions, you're welcome to send us an email at info. At info um, sorry, info at vbd.co.za. Uh, uh, That's all we have uh, time for today. Remember, our email address is info at vbd.co.za. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, make sure that you tune in again next week, Wednesday, between 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock, and then also on Friday evenings.